Your breakthrough is still coming. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't give up hope. I wish that somebody would just shout just a minute. I wish that somebody would be in agreement with me here today. I wish that somebody would declare the word of faith. That Jesus Christ, if he declared it, it will be done. His work is not finished. He is not done. In fact, he is just getting started. I believe that. He's just getting started here today. Praise his holy name. We are finishing out these 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church with this uh, this, uh, this time of consecration. We're finishing it out here today with communion and I felt compelled by the spirit this week to to look at Jesus when he began to speak about the bread of life so if you want to turn with me to John chapter 6 we're going to read somewhat of a lengthy passage if you uh, although if we could just stand it's a little lengthy but it's not going to be too long let's just stand today for the reading of the word John chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there or you can focus your attention up to the screen today. Beginning in verse 47, Jesus, we're coming right in in the middle of this dialogue that he is having with some individuals, but he says here, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, you say believeth on Jesus, he said, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. He said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers, they ate manna in the wilderness, and they are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven, and if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now the Jews, therefore, they strove among themselves, and they said, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus replied to them, He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and you drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. I want you to get that. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I dwell in him. And as the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. But many therefore of his disciples when they heard this, they said this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? In other words, they said I don't understand what he's trying to tell us. I if, if he's saying what I think he's saying, I, I just, I can't go there. I, I can't go to where he's trying to take me right now. And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciple, disciples murmured at it, he said 
unto them. Does this offend you? Hmm. This is the Son of Man speaking. This is Jesus Christ. Does this offend you? What? And if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. In other words, it says, I've already, they've already complained about the fact that Jesus talked about him coming from heaven. And he says, what about when you see me go back up to heaven? It's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. They are some of you, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not. That they should betray, but and who should betray him? And he said, "Therefore said I unto you that no man come unto me except it were given unto him of the Father." And from that time, get this in verse sixty-six. From that time, many of his disciples went back, and they walked no more with him. And now Jesus turned to the twelve, and he says, "Will you also go away?" Simon Peter answered him, and he said, "Lord." To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we believe and we are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them and he said, Have I not chosen you? Twelve. And one of you is a devil. He spoke. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it is... For he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. You can just lift up, or lay down your Bibles, lift up your hands, just one moment. just want to ask the Lord just to bless us here today. Lord, speak to us in this house. God, you've already moved mightily in this place. God, you've already done a work in our hearts. God, done a work in our lives. But I pray that right now, that you would ready us. God, that you would prepare us, Lord, for what? you have in store. God, that you would do a work still today. God, that you would use me. God, that your written word, God, would become the living word in this place today. God, that I would just be a mouthpiece for you. Lord, declaring your word. Lord, that anything that would come against it in Jesus' name, God, we declare God, that they would not prosper, God, but that your word alone would prosper in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You can be seated here today. And with the direction the liberty of the Holy Ghost. I just want to speak for a few minutes here on this topic. Deserters, disciples, and a devil. Deserters, disciples, and a devil. You see, the public ministry of Jesus, it began in earnest when Jesus or when John baptized him in the Jordan River. When he declared to his disciples, the disciple John declared to his own disciples that Jesus was the one that they ought to follow, that his ministry was one of preparation, that he was preparing the hearts of the people for the coming of the Messiah. John said, I am not the Messiah, but there is one uh, that cometh after me that doesn't just baptize with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jesus was that one. He was the Messiah. He was the Christ, the Son of God, the Holy One. And now that Jesus had entered the scene, it was time for John to decrease so that Jesus might increase. And so the disciples of John, such as 
Andrew, this fisherman, this brother of Simon Peter, they were persuaded to follow Jesus. They believed that Jesus was the Christ. He was the one who would heal the brokenhearted, the one who would preach deliverance to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind, the one who would set at liberty those who are bruised. See, Andrew and Peter, James and John, these these fishermen, these partners, they responded to Jesus when Jesus asked them to leave their nets behind and to become fishers of men. They responded and they became fishers of men. They became disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus also chose eight others to be his disciples. Namely, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot. These were the twelve disciples. These were the chosen ones. These were the ones who had been hand-selected by Jesus to be his followers. They were the ones who responded to the call of Jesus. And Jesus, he invested in them. He entrusted them with ministry opportunities almost from the get-go. We talked about that last Sunday, that he empowered them to cast out devils. He empowered them to keep, to lay hands on the sick and they would recover. This is just three months on the job. He sent them out in pairs to minister to the needs of the people. These 12 men, they are memorialized in history as the ones who would carry on the message of Jesus Christ after he left the earth. But it was not merely these 12 men who were the disciples of Jesus. He had many more disciples than just the 12 that I mentioned by name. And perhaps all of these didn't follow him everywhere that Jesus went. But when he would move throughout a region, they would follow him and they would come and they would cling to Jesus and everything that he had to say. They wanted to see his miracles. They wanted to hear his teachings. They they tried to make sense of his parables. Here they were. They were the ones who were among the 5,000 that Jesus fed on the mountainside. With just five loaves of bread and two fish. These were the disciples of Jesus. Their lives had been upended by his arrival. They were full of hope because they believed that he was the promised one. The one who had set Israel free from their bondage. But the day after Jesus fed the 5,000, something shifted. See, these disciples, they had pursued Jesus along the coast of the Sea of Galilee. And they came to Jesus that day. And Jesus, he turned to them and he said, The only reason that you're here today is because you want me to do the bread trick again. You want me to feed you. I know what you're after. And now they said, no, no, no. We're not after that. We're not just seeking the miracles. We want to make sure that you are a prophet like we really believe that you are. In fact, if you could just do another miracle, perhaps something like what Moses did when Moses called down the manna, that bread from heaven, perhaps then we would be assured that you are a prophet. Jesus responded to this. He said, First of all, Moses didn't send the manna down from heaven. So you better get your facts straight first. Moses didn't do that. He said, my father did that. And if I, if I know that he's the one who did that, then you better also know 
that I, he has no need to send down bread from heaven right now because he's already sent the bread down from heaven. He said, it's already been sent down in that bread that he sent down. It's going to give life unto the world. Now, when they began to ask Jesus to reveal this bread, this is when he declared, I am the bread of life. And he that shall come to me shall never hunger. And he that shall believe on me shall never thirst. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus, he said, I am the bread of life. I came down from heaven. This earth is not my home. Believe in me. He says, let your eyes be open. I want you to realize who I am. I want you to realize who I really am today. Jesus is saying, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. I am the great I am. Come on, no one has seen the Father except me. Because I was there and me and my Father, we are one. I am the one who framed the sun and the earth and the moon and the stars. I'm the one who is the fourth figure in the fiery furnace. I'm the one who shut the mouths of the lions. I am the Son of David. I am the Christ, Emmanuel. Well, God with us. This is what Jesus was saying. He says, you may know me as the son of Mary and Joseph, the one who was raised in Nazareth, the one who was a carpenter's son. But don't you be, fo- be fooled by my humble beginnings because I could have chosen any means by which to redeem humanity. I am the God of all creation. I could have chosen any way, but I chose to humble myself. I chose to leave that heavenly throne and to come to the earth, come to this earth as a human, robing myself in flesh. And I came to live amongst my people. And I came to take away the reproach of sin that has been marring, that has, uh, that has marred humanity ever since it was introduced back in the Garden of Eden. And I came to nail it to the cross. I came to die for the sins of all humanity. That is why the bread came down. That is why Jesus said to his hundreds of disciples on that day, I am the bread of life that has come down from heaven. So believe on me and you will have everlasting life. Now some among the crowd that began to sow these seeds of doubt, they didn't believe that Jesus was who he claimed to be. But Jesus, he doubled down and he says, if you want everlasting life, you're not just going to have to believe on me, but you need to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. For he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. And it was at this point that you could sense the discomfort arising amongst the crowd of disciples. Eat his flesh. Drink his blood. We are forbidden in the law to even eat the blood of an animal, much less the blood of a man. The Bible, it goes on to say that that many of his disciples that day, they started to grumble. They started to complain just as the children of Israel did in the wilderness. They said, this is a hard saying. We don't don't like what he's asking of us. I don't like what. What Jesus is saying to me right now, in fact, I don't even know for sure what he's even asking of me. 
I'm confused. And instead of clinging to Jesus, it says that they deserted him that day. They walked away. They turned their backs. They said, it's been a good ride. But I don't think that I can follow you anymore. You've asked me to do something that's a little bit too far outside my comfort zone. Oh, that we wouldn't desert Jesus. That we wouldn't desert Jesus when things get tough. Oh, that we wouldn't desert Jesus when he asks us to do something that's difficult. Oh, that we would not desert Jesus when we realize that following him is not all about the blessings and the miracles. Oh, that we would not desert Jesus when we simply don't understand why we are at where we're at. Oh, that we wouldn't desert Jesus when we read something in his word that smacks us in the face and we say, that's a hard thing to do. Oh, that we wouldn't desert Jesus when it seems like he's been absent. Oh, that we wouldn't desert Jesus when things get tough. Lord, don't let us desert you. I don't want to be counted among the deserters today. I don't want to be counted among the deserters. But on that day, Jesus asked them a hard thing. And we saw those who had called themselves disciples. They turned their back and they walked away. They left him. They turned their back. So now Jesus, he looks toward his 12 disciples. The ones who were hand selected. And you can almost hear the pain in his voice as he says this. He says, are you going to leave me as well? What about you? You're the ones that I've poured myself into. Are are you going to leave as well when things are tough? And I just want you to hear the response that Peter gives, which I believe this is the response of a true disciple. Because he says, Lord... To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we believe and we are sure that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. See, disciples believe when others stop believing. Disciples are sure when others see their faith wavering. Disciples have no plan B. They don't have a plan B. He said, where am I going to go? I've given everything up. I've walked away from everything. I don't have a plan B. To whom shall I go? I don't have anybody else to follow. Especially nobody who has the words of life like you do. See, Peter, he understood what Jesus was really saying. He said, Jesus, you are the bread of life. You must eat the bread which is his flesh and drink the cup which is his blood in order to inherit eternal life. You see, he understood all the way back to what John the Baptist said about Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. That Jesus was the Passover Lamb. That Lamb that was only to be eaten after it had been sacrificed. It had given its life. And Jesus said, believe on me. 
Believe on me and you will have everlasting life. In other words, believe what I am doing. Believe who I am and what I'm going to accomplish on the cross. And it will cover all of your sins. Stop living in fear. Stop living with doubt. Stop Start living in the newness of life. Start living with the fullness of joy. He says this decision that I want you to make is the best decision that you could ever make. Decide to believe in Jesus. Put all your eggs in that basket of believing in Jesus. Put all your eggs in one basket. Don't have a plan B. Get rid of plan B today. Say, I'm going to follow Jesus to the ends of the earth. Whatever it takes, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. Why would they do that? Isn't it a little dangerous to not have a plan B? What if they're wrong? Let me tell you why. Because he gave it all for them. He died so that they might believe. That is exactly what Jesus was trying to convey. He was giving them the foreknowledge of his death on the cross. His body would one day be beaten. One day he was going to die upon a cross. But that was so that he could defeat death, hell, and the grave. And sin would no longer have its hold on you and I. See, today, today, it's not the elements of communion that have the power to save. We're going to take here in just a a little while, we're going to take the bread, that bread that is representative of the body of Christ. We're going to take the juice, that, that cup, we're going to drink that, and that is the representation of the blood of Christ. But it's not those elements that save us. It's those elements that bring us to the remembrance of what we accomplished on the cross. When we eat that bread, we do so in remembrance of his body that was broken and beaten and bruised. When we drink that cup, we do it in remembrance of his blood that was shed. I don't know about you, but for me, it'll bring me to tears. But oh, that the tears... And the remembrance would not be where it ends. Let us also believe. Let us today be committed disciples who have no other option. No plan B. When you eat of this bread and when you drink of this cup, he says you dwell in me and I dwell in you. So let us sell out for Jesus. Let my identity be his identity. Let his identity be my identity. I I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. Are you getting this today? Jesus, he says, I am the bread of life. I am the source of life eternal. So you must come to a place of repentance where you would crucify your flesh. Because then and only then can you truly believe in what he accomplished on the cross. See, communion, it's not just looking backwards, but it's looking forward and it's saying, God, I am going to stick closer to you than I've ever been. God, I'm going to live my life for you. God, as if there is no plan B, I'm going to sell out everything that I have for you. See, on that day, he had the deserters, he had the disciples, and then he also turned to his 12 and he said, even amongst you 12, there's a devil. Judas Iscariot, he was there that day, and Jesus chose him to be one of his disciples. Judas, he was physically following Jesus just like all of the others, 
The problem was his heart wasn't in it. He didn't truly believe that Jesus was all that he claimed to be. He looked the part. He walked the walk. He didn't walk away with all those who deserted Jesus on that day. He still continued on, but his heart wasn't in it. See, here in just a few moments, we're, we're going to partake in communion. And this is modeled after what Jesus did in the upper room. In Jerusalem during a Passover meal just hours before he would die upon that cross. And in that room Jesus had with him his 12 disciples. But even on that day there was a deserter amongst them. There were the disciples and there was a devil. Because Peter would soon desert Jesus. In fact Jesus already warned him. He said before the cock. Crows thrice. Says you're going to den- deny me. Jesus. He had told him that you are going to walk away from me Peter. But I want you to know that I want. But, but I have you here for a reason. I have you here for a reason in this upper room. I have you partaking in my body and my blood for a reason. I want the deserters here today. Peter, he would soon betray Jesus, but he says, I want you here. Even in that day, there was a devil, the same one that Jesus had mentioned in John chapter 6, Judas Iscariot. He was the one who was going to go through the motions. He looked the part. He played the parts, but his heart wasn't in it. He wasn't convinced that Jesus was for real. Yet Jesus still washed the, washed the feet of the one who would desert him. Jesus washed the feet of the devil, the one whose heart wasn't in it. And Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. All the same. Jesus broke the bread and he said, eat, this is my body. He took the cup and he said, drink, this is my blood. He did this with the deserter. He did this with the disciples. And he did, even did this with the devil. And here today, I don't know where you're at in your walk with God. Perhaps you're here, but it's after a long road with many choices where you've deserted him at many turns. Perhaps you're here today and you're fully devoted. You're all in. You don't have a plan B. Maybe you're here today and no one else knows this, but you have a whole lot of secret things that are hidden in your heart. Things that need to be taken care of. And you look the part. You talk the part. You walk the walk. But deep in your heart, you know that there are some things that you need to take care of in order to be right with God. And I just want to encourage you today that He wants you at the table. He's not turning you away right now. He wants you at the table. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. He wants you at the table. And he's inviting you in. He's telling you, I've already paid the price. Do this in remembrance of me. I paid the price. But it's up to you. It's up to you on what you're going to do right now. 
Because when I call you, when I call you to this place of taking my flesh, drinking my blood, when I call you to this place, he says it's not just about what I did, but it's about you selling out for me. It's about you believing in me. It's about you giving up the things of the world. It's about you saying, I can no longer walk the walk of the devil. I can no longer live one way, one way for others to see, but, but when nobody else sees me, I live a whole other way. Jesus, he sees that. He says, what I want for you is for the word of life. He says, what I really want for you is for my, for what I did on the cross to change you, to redeem you, to make you set free. Come on, there's somebody here today who you need to make up in your mind to say from this day forward, I'm not going to have a plan B. I'm going to be sold out for Jesus. There's somebody today that needs to be moved to a place of repentance. And you may look back and say, I've deserted you, Jesus, too many times. But he says, no, you haven't. I have you here for a reason and I'm calling you back just as he did the prodigal son and he's running to you right now and he says I want you to partake in the meal but I need you to say God from this day forward I, me and you we are one we are one God I believe in you God I believe in you I believe in you so would you just stand all around this place Communion is about remembrance, but partaking in the bread of life and drinking that flesh or drinking that blood and eating of that flesh, that's about him abiding in you and you abiding in him. He wants you to believe him with your whole heart. He wants the deserters to turn back to him right now. He wants the devils to search their hearts and to find a place of repentance. He wants you to search those deep recesses of your heart. He wants the disciples to reaffirm their devotion to him. And so would you just here for these next few moments, we're just going to have an altar call. And it could be right where you're at if you want or if you want to make, uh, if you want to come up to the altar, you're welcome to. But before we take part in communion today, I want to spend five, ten minutes in a place of prayer, a place of repentance, a place of consecration where we would recommit ourselves to him and say, God, here I am. God, and I'm sold out for you. If this is you today and you want to you want to come to the table, let's come to him with that purpose in our mind that says from this day forward, God, I will follow you. God, from this day forward, God, I need to get some things right in my heart. God, I need to straighten some things out right now. God, in my mind, God, where I've, I've stopped believing you, God, where I've stopped believing your word for me. God, I, I need to reaffirm my faith and my, put my trust in you. God, I believe in you. I believe in you. You are the bread of life. You are the only source of my hope and my strength. So as we sing this song here right now, if we could, as we prepare, the table's going to come up here in just a moment. We'll get prepared, but I want us just to find a place to pray.